Welcome in, everybody. This is the Philly Experience Podcast, along with Tyre Hood and Tanner Gilmartin. My name is Max Gretzula. We are back with you, rolling into divisional round weekend here in the NFL playoffs, kicking off course. T, we want to get your thoughts on the Eagles game as well as their season officially wraps up. And Tanner and I, always not too early to talk about the draft. So I'm sure that'll come up. Not going to be a topic of discussion, of course, but I'm sure it'll come up because we're just two big draft people. We want to dive into it. If we have time towards the end, talk about the Sixers. Joel Embiid's playing at a different level right now. Uh, Probably the MVP favorite, in my opinion. But T, let's kick it off with you. Jalen Hurts didn't look great in his first playoff game. Of course, Tampa Bay is just a different animal. But let's talk about your thoughts, not only with Hurts, but just how the game went in itself. So I'd be lying to you if I told you that Jalen Hurts did was fine. All right, I I I'd be lying to you. All right, flat out, I said this on the air on WIP, and I'm saying it now at the end of the week. Jalen Hurts stunk. All right, it was just, this was probably arguably his worst game so far. Not only that, it was I it, I would probably equate it worse than the Giants game only because there was you know there was some doubt after that game, but. He came back after that game and, you know, did fairly well towards the end of the season. But with this game, what it did was like it exposed Jalen Hurts' flaws. And for me, like that's the scary thing. All of his flaws were on full display for the entire NFL to see. And that's a scary thing for me. And that's concerning for a lot of reasons. Um, one of them being is that, you know, a lot of the, a lot of this – City had confidence in Jalen Hurts. They were willing to be patient with him. They were willing to work with him. You know, they were willing to, you know, go through the growing pains and things of that nature. And now the the the, the rhetoric is different. Everybody is now saying, well, I don't know if we can rely on him. You know, can he outgrow some of these things? And all of these question marks are, are valid. They are 1,000% valid. You have to question these things. Um, arm strength is an issue. We saw that when he tried to get that ball into uh, Devontae Smith in the end zone and he couldn't get it there and it got intercepted. The safety was able to make a play on it before the ball was able to get there. That's an issue. You know, you talk about the big arm quarterbacks in the NFL, the big arm guys, they can get that ball there. That's a touchdown for a, a big arm guy. So that's an issue. You know, uh, decision-making is, is, is still an issue in terms of throwing the football. There's a lot of issues with Jalen hurts. And it's not, and the thing of it is like the, the only thing that gives me optimism with him is that these issues are fixable arm strength. mm, It's pretty much set. You can work on that, but you know, you can kind of work on that to, to kind of get that better accuracy issues. You can get better on that. You know, um, throwing with anticipation, knowing the playbook, you know, he's going to have the benefit of finally, you know, for the first time in like, what, five years, not having to change um, head coach or offensive coordinator. So he's going back to the same offense. So there's going to be some familiar, familiar, y'all know what I'm trying to say. I know what you're trying to say. He's going to be familiar with the, with, with the playbook. So there's a benefit, you know, there's an obvious benefit to that as well. And then, you know, not having to change teams or anything like that, that's a benefit as well. There's a lot of things looking up for Jalen Hurts. I'm not saying that he doesn't deserve to be the quarterback next year, but I I wouldn't blame upper management. I wouldn't blame Howie. 
for, you know, looking for another quarterback. I, I, I can see why he would, but at the same time, I would caution that. Finally, some disagreements here because Tanner and I are kind of on the same boat here as far as Hurts being the starter next year. See, I like the idea. Um, and I understand where you're coming from because if you get an opportunity to get a Rodgers or Watson, if that whole situation you know, ever solves itself, of course, Russell Wilson as well, most people would go and dive after it. But I want to, Tanner, I want to read you off these stats here. Jalen Hurts' season in a nutshell, 3,144 passing yards was first or 21st in the league quarterbacks, 16 touchdowns, 23rd in the league, nine interceptions. That was eighth in the league. And his QBR was 48.9. That was 19th in the league. So across the board, not great with all those statistical categories. But here's the thing for me. The contract, and people don't want to really bring this up a lot because they say, hey, if you're going to win a Super Bowl, that's the ultimate goal. And that's where I usually am on that side of the, the things. If you don't believe this guy can win a win you a Super Bowl in the future, cut bait now and move on. But my thing is I want to use these draft picks to better our team and fill our holes. And I think Jalen Hurts, being on a rookie deal, use that fourth year of eligibility here with his contract and take advantage of, it, of, of the cheap money he's making. Um, and Tanner, I want to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, can I remind everyone that Jalen Hurts was a second-round pick? All right, just, yeah. just making sure everyone knows that that he was not a first-round pick. Agreed. Okay, this is, was his first season starting, Agreed. his first playoff game. Um, we can give the guy a break a little bit Agreed. on that. However, the reason that there is so much on Jalen Hurts is because he sort of kind of midway through the season proved that he can be that guy. Uh, I know fan bases, the organization wanted to see that extra leap, maybe in the playoffs, uh, definitely better stats to end the season with because a huge decision has to be made, whether they focus on getting another quarterback, taking another step back. Now next year is stage one of the rebuild process again. And it's just a very hard spot to be in and the Eagles every season find themselves in in this sort of situation but I like Jalen Hurts as a starter next season and I'm not saying this because Howie Roseman and Nick Sirianni claim that Jalen Hurts is the guy in 2022 because we know that that simply just doesn't matter what they say I was about to say you could take that Um, with a grain of salt Nick Sirianni first first preface press conference was talking about how he didn't think about the quarterback controversy, which was bull crap. Um, and you had, you have Howie Roseman looking for other quarterbacks uh, last season in the draft. I mean, these guys were, were really just going to have to wait until that first game of the season to really figure things out. But now you like to see the progression and there was progression in Jalen Hurts game. There wasn't a lot of progression that you would think maybe he would be playing like a top uh, top 15 quarterback next season. Right. I wouldn't say that. I mean, I've seen some people say top five quarterback next season, which has uh, to be a joke. Yeah, Absolutely has to be a joke. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I'm not yeah. going ahead and saying let's waste our draft picks on uh, obviously a prospect in the draft. I think that's not even on the table. Really, but what about a top twelve quarterback? If you if you say, okay, can he be the twelfth best quarterback in the league next year? Where do you draw the line? But honestly, I think that's I think that's fair. Yeah, and I think that's, that's a good cool. spot to aim for. You're not aiming for a top ten. Right. You're aiming for just outside the top ten, where there's still obviously room to move up. But he's 
not in the middle, he's a little higher, a little above average than he should be. And right. again, we're talking about a second round draft pick, not a first round draft pick, which I believe if he was a first round draft pick and he played like he did, maybe there'd be more more optimism room to say, yeah, right. There'd be a whole lot but more optimism. The, the, the second round pick, you can be like, well, he was just a second round pick. Uh, let, let's see what else we get. But he played better. He played good. Um, his throws, his trajectory on his throws are not good, though. He's got to work on it. And that, that's a huge problem. By the time he notices the wide receivers are open, they're not open anymore. It's an interception. I mean, poorly placed balls. But what I'm getting at is I don't want a Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, as much as I like Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers, I just don't think that's the right move for a team that's really starting to build on youth now. Mm-hmm. You have Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, Miles Sanders, whether or not he'll be here next season, I'm not thinking he will be, but you have Jalen Hurts. Now it's time to start to build around these young guys. And you look ahead on the defensive side that really needs a bunch of positions Ooh. filled like edge rusher, linebacker, man, it, it's it's going to be brutal if the Eagles do not hit on this draft, but that's where my first two first rounds are going. If, and I know Max, we want to talk about the draft later, but if I'm the Eagles, I mean, there's no, there's no other way to do those first picks than first of all, not trading them, but secondly, drafting a linebacker and an edge rusher. Um, Max in the beginning, um, you mentioned Jalen Hurts' stats for the year. Now I'm not comparing him obviously to this quarterback, but let's just put into perspective Josh Allen's numbers when he was um, in his first year. All right. He completed 52.8% of his passes, which is, which in this NFL is below average. He threw for 2,074 yards. He threw 10 touchdowns with 12 interceptions. So all I'm saying is development happens. Look, look at Josh Allen. Now, Josh Allen is the shit. Like Josh Allen is, is, is looked at like a top 10 quarterback. Well, even, even Joe Burrow, who was out with yes, he Joe Burrow. got injured last season, huge step up in the playoffs now. Justin Herbert. I mean, this is a, Justin Herbert is now like a top inside, top eight quarterback, in my opinion, in the league right now. I mean, so impressive with the progression that's shown. But these guys are first round picks. That's true. And that's why they're going to get the benefit of the doubt over a second or third or fourth or whatever after that first round pick is they're always going to get that, that extra cushion to make mistakes and to grow. That's the difference. That's the reason why everybody is so fed up with Jalen hurts is because he's not a first round pick. I do believe because I think he has the work ethic and I think that, you know, he really does believe that, you know, he can get better. And I believe that he can get better. I think he knows that he can get better. So I, I, I take all that and I think about it and I say to myself, you know what? I'm going to put my faith in the fact that I think he can do better. And Tanner, you are absolutely correct in your statement. Like, and we'll, and we'll go through his roster, but my God, you have three first round picks and knowing how I highly doubt that we will draft anyone with all three of those first round picks, but my God, you have a chance to fill out your roster in holes that need filling. And there's a lot of holes on his roster that needs filling. That's the reason why I don't agree with, trading for a Deshaun Watson or trading for an Aaron Rodgers or even a Russell Wilson. I disagree with it from the aspect of if we were one good quarterback, one star quarterback away from this team going to the Super Bowl, then yes, absolutely. Trade all your assets for that quarterback. 
But this team has multiple holes. Sure, you'll have the top quarterback in the league, but if the pass rush on defense can't get to the opposing quarterback, what the hell? What the hell? That quarterback's going to be forced to score every single damn down, every single and, damn play. Like it, and, it's, and right, why well, get a veteran quarterback? Bring him in, and in four years, the Eagles are back at stage one. When instead, you can build up on Jalen Hurts, and even if Jalen Hurts say doesn't work out you would have drafted a prospect who's at the exact same steps as Jalen Hurts is right now because Jalen Hurts second round say you draft a quarterback in the first round I mean they're practically on the same spot then uh what I think is exactly that is building on this team it's a rebuild for a reason and this team did make it to the playoffs and rebuild you have teams that were expected to win the Super Bowl and and higher up on the odds than the Eagles who didn't make the Super Bowl, didn't make the playoffs, and who just got eliminated the same round. Also, so, also another factoid, um, outside of Ben Roethlisberger, every first-year quarterback who's been, who's been, who went to the playoffs in their first year starting, they got eliminated, and they played horrible. So that goes to say that, you know, let Jalen Hurts develop. I he also played the Buccaneers in his first playoff game. He played so. the champs, right? You, that's something. Yeah, you played the champs. That's but these are mean. these are excuses, and I understand that. And this is a, a team, a fan base that wants champions right away, unrealistically at most times. But in order to do so, you have to take those steps where you're planning for the future and not just okay, this guy didn't work out. Next, on to the next one. Same situation happens. Okay, on to the next one until they get lucky enough where they find a decent enough quarterback. And then by that time, Devontae Smith's aging. Um, you have a, a running back problem. Uh, you still have those defensive problems. I, I mean, you I hear you. To, this is why these steps are so critical right now. You have to plan for the future. I agree. I like the discussion. I think this both of you guys are making great points. One of the things that you could argue for the people out there that want to go make that trade for Russell Wilson and whatnot is – you know, I take a step back and look at the playoffs that are currently going on. You look at the Bengals versus the Raiders. Joe Burrow probably better than Derek Carr. You look at the, the the Rams and the Cardinals. Matt Stafford probably better than Kyler Murray. Tampa versus the Eagles. Tom Brady better than Jalen Hurts. I mean, every quarterback who's the better talent, and this is not to say this is everything that's involved in the game. Maybe the team's just flat out better. Josh Allen better than Mac Jones. But it seems as, as, as though the quarterbacks, whoever has the better quarterback, is the teams that are advancing. And I'm interested to see if that trend can continue because I think Cincinnati's underdogs at Tennessee, my opinion, Joe Burrow's better than Ryan Tannehill. Can Joe Burrow go into Tennessee and pull off the upset? Uh, I think he can do it. It'll be interesting to see that. But when you talk about Jalen Hurts to wrap up his, his season here, he was not asked to throw the ball a ton. You look back through no. the months for, I mean, the Eagles played only one game in January or two games in January. So you talk about September, only 97 pass attempts, November, only 95 pass attempts. December, 55 pass attempts. I know he missed that one game, but he wasn't asked to throw the ball a ton. He had 159 pass attempts in October, but for the most part, he wasn't asked to throw the ball a lot. So we have to find, you know, a middle ground here where, one, you want to see Jalen Hurts throw the football more and progress because I think this year when he threw the ball more, we talked about it. How many shows did we talk about Jalen Hurts when he threw the, when he throws the football? You know, how many times did we talk about, hey, that's not the recipe for success. The Eagles need to run it. But how many times have we also said we need to see progression from Jalen Hurts as a passer? Right. So it kind of goes both ways. We need to see that progression in year two uh, or year three, actually, as officially a quarterback in the NFL. Um, it's funny to think about back when Carson was still here with Doug Peterson. Uh, some of us, me included, saying use Jalen Hurts in a Taysom Hill role 
so you can add that to the jackass comments i've made previously yeah, well yeah, uh, yeah but you know yeah you know you win some you lose some yeah. but go overall jalen hurts one stat i will say and this might not you be a ton, dumbass but you talk about the rushing touchdowns two rushing touchdowns on the road compared to eight at the link so uh, a fun season overall eagles made the playoffs not a lot of us thought they would but the Josh Allen comparison, real quick, maybe the intangibles. Josh Allen has more. You know, he's got a rocket tape to his well, arm. Of course, his yeah. rushing ability is just off the charts. But I think for me, will the Eagles use all three of these picks? For some, I mean, no, that's probably not. Howie Roseman isn't that kind of GM, especially no. with back-to-back picks in this draft. Too, I think eighteen and nineteen are the picks or something like yes, that. Something but like that. Um, overall, I think the Eagles need to stick with Jalen Hurts. And the last point I'll make is. Look at the talent around him. You know, he didn't really have any weapons. He's out there with Jalen Rager, who can't catch. We'll get to that. As Watkins, Howie Roseman just mentioned in the presser, along with Nick Sirianni, to close out the well, end of this. We're going to get to that, Max. I mean, I got an issue just, with that. Yeah, yeah, and, and we can we can obviously touch on that too. I know we want to get a little bit of the draft here as well with Tanner, but that some of the some of the things that were mentioned in that press conference were very interesting. But moving forward, I think the Eagles need to stick with Hurts for one more season and. Mm-hmm put some pieces around him because you'll never know if he's going to develop as a passer. If one, the play calling with Nick Sirianni, not even getting Devonte Smith, the ball when he's open and stuff like that, isn't going to change Jonathan that Gannon too. with a defense. I mean, it, we can go on and on for hours talking about the Eagles, but I know we want to talk about a new topic here. So I'll yeah. throw it to the draft real quick, Tanner. So um, before we get to the, before we get to the draft, um, I just want to real quick, go through like real quick, just go through the roster. Um, so, when I say Take this, a deep dive here, too. Oh, we're going to deep dive. dive. All right. Oh, we're going right. to deep dive because I've had a, I've had a, I've had this entire week to think about this. Um, okay. So when I say there's holes on this team, oh, there's holes on this team. For one of them being, and I think this is going to be a surprise. I was very neutral on this player. Um, Tanner loved him. Max hated him. I was neutral, but I think I'm going to take Max's side finally. And break the and break the tie on this player. Finally, T. Come to the come to the dark side. Miles Sanders is not is not a franchise running back. How I, many how many rushing touchdowns did Miles Sanders have this year? I I don't think he had any. He had a oh. big giant goose egg, T. I, he didn't have no touchdowns this entire season. <laughs> That's an issue. One. Oh, Two. Man. There was obvious holes in that Bucks game that he should have ran through or at the bare minimum cut back. And there was a wide open hole, and he did not hit it. He's had problems with his vision since he was first drafted, and it's never gotten better. That's an issue. That offensive line was dominant this year, creating holes for everyone. And Miles Sanders could not take advantage of that. So, unfortunately. Real quick, see, not to cut you off, I want to mention this. Miles Sanders with zero rushing touchdowns. Boston Scott and Kenny Gainwell both had six plus touchdowns this season. Just want to mention that real quick. That's saying something. That is that, that that that's saying something. That the backup and the backup to the backup can get touchdowns, but you can't because you can't find the hole. I mean, geez, no wonder he doesn't have children. But we're not going to talk about that right now. <laughs> <laughs> He's young too. Give him some time. Give him some time. Yeah, but at this rate, you can't find the hole. I, I got an issue with that. Anyway, yeah. anyway, but yeah, I, I I don't think Miles Sanders. I, Miles Sanders is trade bait. I I, I don't see. I mean, I kind of what's do the see contract? I got to look up the contract too because I, I don't know has, what that whole. I think he has one more year left on this contract because he's not he's not on the list of um unrestricted. Might be a team agents. option though. It might be a team option. He's a second round pick, so he doesn't get that option. He was a second round pick. Okay. If he was a first round pick, then yeah, it was a team. It would be a team option, but he was only a second round, so he only gets those four years. So I believe next year is his last year in this contract. I, 
there's no way you don't go through with free agency or this draft and, and not draft another running back. It, he doesn't have the vision. Or or Kenny Gainwell probably takes his snaps. Kenny Gainwell with five rushing touchdowns and one receiving touchdown. George, uh, Miles Sanders had not a single rushing touchdown nor a single uh, passing touchdown. I want to take a look at Boston Scott here too because I know he played a pretty big role. People look at Boston Scott like, you know, this guy's a jackass. You know, he's he's a jack of all trades, like a Corey Clement. You call know, him get a him jackass for him, though. I'm just saying. Now, people literally, you know, I'm not <laughs> call him a jack of all like trades. Boston Don't call him a jackass. I'll bring this up. You know, having conversational people Damn. like, hey, Boston Scott, he's you a good player. And people are like, hey, like people might have taken. You know, the thing is, T, people might take it out of line, out of proportion, where they think I'm saying, hey, use him as a featured back, a three down back. No, that's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying this is a guy that's probably better than Miles Sanders. And I think people are just scared to say it because they're, they're afraid to sound like idiots. No, I say it. He, he, he's better. He has more vision. Seven rushing touchdowns this season for Boston Scott. He has he has more vision than Miles Sanders. Miles he Sanders almost had 400 rushing yards too, right? Yeah. Yep. Miles Sanders may be the home run hitter, but Miles Sanders can't find the hole. So that's an issue. I, Miles Sanders. All right. And I, I know what's Three rushing touchdowns. Going. Three rushing touchdowns for Jordan Howard as well. Right. And T, I just want to go back to something you said real quick. If Kenny, if Gainwell is the leading rusher on the Eagles next season, this team's in a a bad spot rushing wise, because I don't believe that he can be a, a uh, leading rusher yet. He, he's more of a receiving back. And I, I just don't think Jordan Howard, on the other hand, I, I think he, he still can be, but I mean, these are guys where, well, Jordan Howard, I mean, he's, he's he's been in the league for a while now. Yeah, he's he's aging more often, yeah. And he does get injured a lot. But I, I do like the the room that they have in the running back room. I agree. Because yeah. um and I don't know if Miles Sanders is gonna be here next season. I, my I would point to no. And that will definitely I'm also not sure about the contract if someone could bring that up too. Yeah, I'll grab that. Also, Miles Sanders this year, 137 rushing attempts. Nobody else on the Eagles besides Jalen Hurts had more than 90 rushing attempts. So I don't want to hear people saying, hey, Miles Sanders wasn't getting opportunities. You got plenty. Got the opportunities. Yeah, after week seven, they all got opportunities. And this was a guy who had a broken hand playing the playoffs, so he obviously wanted to play. Right. Um, Maybe to prove to other teams or whatnot, but – I think that the time with the Eagles has kind of went its way. Didn't really, this was a trial run. Obviously contracts are sort of like in, in, in ways trial runs. And if you don't like it in the middle, you got to cut that player yep. and get them out of there. But that didn't have to happen with the Eagles. The time, the contract's going to expire, but going back to Boston, Scott, a guy who's been on this team a lot, a, a while, I don't see him as a lead running back either. I just, I, I need, Maybe it's a free agent problem for me. Maybe it's a, a trade problem. But a a room that I was impressed with in the beginning of the season where you have Miles Sanders, Jordan Howard, Boston Scott, Gainwell, mm. to me, it, it just needs improvement now. But that's obviously not at the top of the list. You yeah. look at now the offensive line as we start yeah. slowly getting into this draft talk. Yeah. And to, uh, real quick to, to, to bring up the contract of uh, Miles Sanders, 25 years old. He, he's in 2022 owed 1.2 million in base salary. The cap hit if he's released is 1.7 million. So it doesn't, so it doesn't maybe it doesn't really have a, that much of an effect. No, 
but it, to release him would be a bigger cap hit than just having him on the team. So I see. But will he be a benefit for the Eagles to win football games? That's where you got to make the decision the, if you're Howard. Yeah, that's the question. That is the ultimate question. Um, real quick, right receivers. Um, see, this is where we get interesting. First off, before I even address the big ass elephant in the room, Quez Watkins uh, addressing that uh, press conference. That happened the other day. Quez Watkins is not a number two receiver. I've seen way too many times where that guy just, he I don't think he 100% knows how to run routes. Um, there was times where he was just asked to run a fade route um, last Sunday, and he couldn't even finish the route. Like there was one time, there was one ball to Dallas Goddard where if Quez Watkins would have continued running at full speed, at least his corner would have been out the way, but it looked like Jalen Hurts threw in a double coverage because Quez isn't running the full route. I have an issue with that. That's not a number two receiver to me. All right. You need, you need a legit number one. All right. He also called Devontae Smith a true number one receiver, which I I love Devontae. Yeah, I love Devontae. I don't think he's a. I don't think it's a true number one. I think you need to go out and you need to either draft a number one or you need to get another number one. No, T. Hold on. I don't don't think he's a. (laughs) I just think he's too small to be a number one. Like, whoa! You can't. But hey, listen. If you want to get a number one receiver, you don't. They don't just fall off trees in a draft. I agree with you. I agree with you, but that's where probably free agency is going to come into play. You got a number of wide receivers coming out. But free he's out there, Al Robinson is a true number one wide receiver. People are saying Al Robinson. Al Robinson not even a, a number one. Well, who the, hell, who the hell's few. been throwing Allen Robinson these last couple of years? Like, let's be honest here. Think about that for a minute. Good argument. But we're talking about when I when I, when you mentioned the number one receiver, I think of Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, Justin Jefferson, which we should have had. You know, I don't think oh. of Allen Robinsons of the world or. Jamison Crowders or Juju Smith-Schuster. I agree. I'm just right on all free agents here. Yeah, yeah, I I understand. But, you know, speaking of Justin Jefferson, let's talk about real quick the ire of my anger. The one who was drafted one pick before him. Let's talk about this sorry excuse for a wide receiver named Jalen Rager who, who better not be on his fucking team next year. Well, he might be, Steve. He might be because the contract is team friendly. That you cannot justify and you cannot you cannot convince me to keep this man on the team. I have way too many receipts. First off, all right, let's get this out the way right now. If anybody remembers it, if anybody has listened to past, Ooh, maybe the contract isn't team friendly. That's if, that might be my mistake. If I had, yeah. if you guys remember past episodes, I introduced a segment called Bird Toast of the Year. Now I've got to change that name because I want this to be universal for all wide receivers. So I thought about this, and you know what? I'm gonna call it the Danny Watkins Award. If anybody remembers who Danny Watkins was, he was a guard that the Eagles picked up, I believe, during a year where there was a lot of shutout during that year. So there wasn't a whole lot of scouting going on. Danny Watkins stunk. He cared more about being a fireman than he did about offensive linemen, but the man was a literal turns out and he turned into a bust. So that's what we're going to call this segment. Now we're going to call it the Danny Watkins award. And I can think of no other recipient. Well, I did. It was Derek Barnett, but now this, this, this one goes straight to Jalen Rager. That man is about as useless as a glass hammer. That man is the literal definition. Yo, when you think of Jalen Rager, <laughs> oh my goodness! See, let's talk about the contract with Jalen Rager. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Before we get his ass out of town, no, before, one, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before we okay, even get to this contract, Jalen Rager is literally what you call ejaculation. He is a bust. Whoa. All right, all right. Kiss <laughs> that! <laughs> I cannot stand that man. All right, that man is useless. You can't kick return. You can't pump return. You can't run routes. Uh, he that, said what? You're fighting on the sidelines with the best right receiver that the Philadelphia Eagles have. Are you bleeping kidding me? 
Yeah, I said it was, what I said. That, that wasn't much of a fight. That was more of a Devontae Smith saying, yo, you're top ass. <laughs> All right. Fair. $1.8 million on the contract for Jalen Rager next year. A dead cap hit if he's cut of $3.6 million. So it doubles if the Eagles cut him. Uh, but again, Tanner, you mentioned it. Will will it be a huge a three? Now listen, three million is nothing to scoff at. But at the end of the day, it's not a huge contract like a Dallas Goddard or you know one of those contracts that's up around the ten million mark per year. Uh, even though the Eagles have a few of those, clearly the Eagles invest heavily with contracts in their offensive and defensive yeah. lines. It's not a shock, and they just don't pay wide receivers, which is why I think the Eagles are not going to go out there in free agency and spend a ton on a free agent wide receiver. They just haven't done that. And I don't expect them to, again, this time around. The last time they did, I believe, was the contract extension for Alshon Jeffrey. Yes. And that didn't really work out that well in the long run. Oh, shit, they, they spent money they for could, Alshon. They could go ahead and get another Bears wide receiver as a free agent, too. Yes. Um, but go. one that really, and I don't know how realistic this really is, going into the numbers and the price, Calvin Ridley. Hmm. Free really? agent unrestricted? Is that, or are you saying trade? You would have to trade for Calvin trade. Ridley. But okay. um, from what I hear, he does have some mental issues, not to, you know, you know down talk that. But that's something to consider if you're going to trade for a Calvin Ridley. I'm just saying. Just well, that is a true number one wide receiver, too. This is true. This is true. I'm just saying, you just got – same thing with Brandon Brooks. You got to take the good with the bad. All right, he Tanner, let's be, hit. He wouldn't be a top – let me just say this before yeah. getting into it. Calvin Ridley, if he would to come to Philadelphia, he wouldn't be the number one wide receiver. It would still be Devontae Smith, in my opinion. I don't see really? – Wow. Because and, – and I do think Devontae Smith is a number one. But I don't think that this team can be successful if it's just it, number two is Quez Watkins. That was a, that was a ridiculous statement, in my opinion. And then he went further on, Nick Sirianni did, to talk about how J.J. Ortega-Whiteside was a great blocking uh, yep. wide receiver trash. and trying to highlight his importance on this team. Which I understand what he's doing. You know, he's the coach. Um, he's trying to have that relationship with everyone, trying to back everyone up. But – I mean, this team right now, there's so many holes to fill, and you get stuck looking at one side of the ball where you're just like, oh, man, I thought I thought this needed work, but now look at our wide receivers. Look who we have. It's just not going to work out. Howard and, Eskin said yesterday, too, by the way, that Fletcher Cox, more than 50% chance he's not back in an Eagles uniform. That does not surprise me because they did try to shop him um, during the course of the season, and his contract is an issue. Um, next year is the last year of his contract. And um, he hasn't contributed this year. And you can honestly say yeah. some of last year, too. Like, he's he's not the same player that he once was before. Is he still a dominant player? Yes, but he's not the same. And for the money that you are paying him, I would not be surprised to see him move. Not to mention the fact that with the emergence of Milton Williams, yeah. there's a reason why they're shopping him. Let's well, like Rodney that. McLeod. Free agent, Steven Nelson, free agent as well. That uh, Anthony Harris is, is also a free agent. There's some there's some guys on the table that the Eagles either need to make a decision of re-signing or letting go. Uh, what are your expectations along with those three guys who will be back and also the possibility of Jason Kelsey retiring? Would you like to see him back? Because uh, I, I love Kelsey, but he just got blown up by Vita Vea in that playoff game. Well, the thing of it is with Kelsey, I mean, it, Kelsey's always had that issue for his entire – first off, Vita Vea is a beast. Let's not get that wrong right now. Vita Vea yeah. is just an absolute monster. But that's been Kelsey's Achilles heel his entire career, and that is big nose tackles. If somebody has a nose tackle and plays a, mostly a 3-4 defense and they line him up against Kelsey, Kelsey's going to get blown up every single time. That's always been an issue. 
with Jason yeah. Kelsey. But in terms of him retiring, as much as I don't want him to, and trust me, I don't, like, we're going to have to think about that eventually. I mean, the, the, the possibility is there. Eventually? It's a good segue into the draft conversation because there's some really good interior offensive linemen that are possibilities in the draft as well. Um, and again, I think Rodney McLeod depends on how much money he's going to command in free agency. He did. Anthony Harris, I thought was okay. I mean, not great. Yeah, uh, Steven Nelson, I thought was good. I, I hope they bring back Steven Nelson, especially if they don't. I know T, you're not a fan. No, but no, I no. Think I'm a fan of Steven Nelson. Don't get me wrong. The money, I, he's going to command a good amount of money. That's so the question the, I have. Yeah. The money's right. And it's weird, too, because literally we were like, thank God, a one year contract last offseason, he was, you know, find, hard to find a job. Came in, had a good year this year with the Eagles. So he also had a good playoff game too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see what the Eagles do with their secondary. But I'm going to throw it to Tanner here and let's get some draft conversation going real fast. Okay, so the Eagles in the first round had the 15th, 16th, and 19th pick. That second round pick is also pretty high up there. They have uh, four picks within like the top 50, I believe. So y- you go and assume that the Eagles are going to draft a defensive player with that first pick. I think that's that's really where my mindset is right now. That second pick, I would also go with that, that 16th pick. I'm thinking I would go with the defensive position, but that 19th overall pick, and because of the conversation we just had, if I were the Eagles, I would be checking the temperature on Brooks, Kelsey, Johnson, and see if they're going to be around next year because that will really determine – this offensive line um, pick in that 19th pick or, and you have guys like Landon Dickerson, um, Jordan Malata that have stepped up in their roles. If, if the Eagles feel comfortable enough with the offensive line, which I feel like there's no way they could feel comfortable enough. I think about the future. Anybody um, notice little Raven Clark getting, some snaps towards the end of that playoff game. See, I don't know if you saw that Lane Johnson was out. I, it was never mentioned in the broadcast if it was just maintenance, if he was hurt or not. But you're Didn't talking it. about a player that's been banged up. Yeah. Some mental health things going on off the field, too. So it's, you know, people were probably surprised. Hey, are we, Tanner mentions, hey, is he going to be around for the future? I mean, yeah. I mean, you don't want to hear it because you say, hey, he's still in his great years, one of the best offensive linemen this year. But yeah, I mean, mentally, um, you don't know how much longer he'll be around. No, you right. don't. And then for that, for the 19th pick, also, if, somehow they feel comfortable enough. That's when I would draft a wide receiver because draft a wide receiver. Okay. Yeah. That it it might be surprising, but three years in a row, we're going to use a first rounder on a receiver. Yep. You don't have a choice because of your past, because of your past. You don't have a choice. You blew the second round pick. You blew the first round pick. (laughs) So literally you blew it. That also gives them room to get rid of. Uh, JJ Ortega Whiteside, or Jay I don't think they want to get rid of JJ. They think By he's the a way, great special team. Apparently. By apparently. the way, did y'all see that JJ Ortega Whiteside's mother defended him on that pass and uh, Gotta love against the, the Cowboys? They, they, he, she defended the pass, saying that her son had a broken finger. Are you bleeping kidding me? <laughs> are, you, are you fucking kidding me? Like, Tara Owens went to the Super Bowl with a broken ankle. Are you kidding me right oh, now? Man. Oh, I'm and to make matters finger. worse, I don't know if you guys peeped, but Chad Johnson, Chad Onchaseco, if you don't know by, by his original name, was tweeting throughout the entire game on Sunday. And, you know, he was basically telling the fans, you know, hey, have faith in Rager. Rager's, you know, give Rager more time. Give Rager till next year. 
Do you know that Jalen Rager after the game retweeted all of those fucking tweets? Why? I don't think Jalen Rager. Listen, if I if Pumps and I don't want to set things in stone here, but I don't think Jalen Rager should be back next season. I think you have to cut bait with him. There's been videos out there too. T. I know you like to watch the film. I mean, he just cannot get separation on the outside. It's flat out and and running. He got a punt and he was running backwards. Like you can't run backwards. I mean, unless you had Tyreek Hill speed, then fine. But he's trying to run backwards. He muffed the punt in a key situation. I mean, it's just some mistakes. And again, this goes back to the mentality of Philadelphia. I, I know I, I bring this up a lot, but seriously, some athletes just cannot play in this city. They just can't take the heat. And and Jalen Rager is one of them. Ben Simmons clearly is another one of them. And I mean, listen, will he do something somewhere else one day? Maybe be better. Maybe who knows? But I don't. Th- I think Quez should stick around. Now, listen, is he a number two receiver? No. Is he number three? Mm, that's pushing it. He's definitely yeah. number four, and he's better, yeah. a lot better than Ortega Whiteside. But Ortega Whiteside apparently plays special teams at a high level. I'm not sitting there mm. scoping out JJ Ortega Whiteside on special teams on a punt. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm just not doing it. So congratulations. If you're a good special teamer, I, I sure as hell wouldn't know that because I'm not scoping him in. I'm running too down busy there. seeing Jalen Redger drop and muffle. Exactly. Hey, hey, exactly. hey, hey, pay attention to number 19. All right, he's a hell of a blocker. You, you're going to have to get around him. All right, yeah, watch it's ridiculous. No, it's ridiculous. Number All right, let's, not, let's <laughs> listen. Let's dive into some game action this weekend. I know we want to talk about uh, some of these games. Start with the Bengals and the Titans. Bengals going on the road, had a nice win at home against the Raiders, beat Derek Carr. A little bit of controversy with one of those plays in that game, whether the whistle blew or not. Uh, but moving forward here, Joe Burrow's got Joe Mixon. He's got T-, T-, T. Higgins. This is kind of the stuff I wish Jalen Hurts had with three stud receivers, Tyler Boyd, Jamar Chase, obviously great offensive line. The defense is the question for me with the Cincinnati Bengals. Do you guys think they can go into Tennessee against Derrick Henry, who's possibly returning, and knock off the number one seed in the AFC? So that's the ultimate question. And also, can, it, does Derrick Henry have rust on him? All right, is he is he going to be football fit? Is, yeah. is he still going to be the Derrick Henry of old? You know, running running and bulldozing over people and running for over 150 yards in the first half. Are you going to get that Derrick Henry? That's also the question I have as well. Considering he's bigger than a defensive lineman, I'd say yes. Which is an issue. All right, as a as a former defensive lineman i would not like to see him standing on the opposite end but if i had to take a wild guess of who's going to win this game who i'm leaning towards i'm going for the upset i think the Bengals are, are a hot team I, I said they're the dark horse of the afc and Tannehill has been exposed all right Tannehill's not a good thrower Tannehill has the benefit of having a very good running game a very good defense a very good offensive line that he hides behind but when the chips are down and he's asked to make throws, there's been times and moments throughout the course of the season where he couldn't do it. So I'm leaning Bengals in this one. If we're comparing teams, I would say, obviously, that the Bengals have a better air attack because of Joe Burrow's arm and his connection with Jamar Chase. And the way that the Titans wide receiver core, first of all, they were injured a lot of the season, and there wasn't really that street connection where, okay, you have A.J. Brown, and uh, Julio Jones, but really, like, I had A.J. Brown on fantasy, and I, at, at some points of the season, um, wanted to, wasn't sure if I should start him. But consistency-wise, you look at that and then also say, well, that won't even matter. If Derrick Henry plays um, in terms of comparing the offense, then it it goes on the Titans' favor because – when Derrick Henry is in the game, and I, I looked this up comparing game logs, you have the not too mobile 
uh, Tannehill uh, handing it off instead of throwing the ball in the air. And when he does that, he just had five interceptions before Derrick Henry was injured. At the end of the season, he finished with 14 interceptions. That's because he was forcing the ball too much. Uh, he had uh, obviously he still has guys to hand the ball off to, but he was trying too much in the air more than Orion Tannehill should. That's the the Titans got him on this offense because he stays in the pocket for the most part. And he has enough time to just hand it off to Derrick Henry or find an open receiver. But when there's too much pressure on him, when Derrick Henry isn't even back there on passing place to block, then there's too much pressure on Tannehill. With that being said, I I do think that the Titans are going to pull this one out and they're going to win. Titans are a weird team. I have no idea. I can't, I'm looking back like 38, 13 week one, they get blown out by the Cardinals at home. They beat the Bills on Monday Night Football when Josh Allen and Sean McDermott or Sean McDonough, whatever, Sean McDermott said, hey, let's go for it on fourth down or whatever, and he didn't sneak it in. Then you have 27 to three. They beat the Chiefs. They hold Mahomes to three points. They, they ended up beating the Rams on the road, 28-16 uh, on Sunday Night Football. And then last week, struggling to beat the Texans on the road, which they probably didn't even care about the game, to be honest with you. But I think they did because they needed to win in order to get that one seat. So a weird team. But the Bengals – I like their offensive attack. I already mentioned that. If I had to pick a winner in this game, I think I'm going to lead towards picking the Bengals because the Bengals have a better quarterback. I like Joe Burrow. I like the way he's playing right now. I think Derrick Henry, will he have Russ? Probably not because he's Derrick Henry. But at the end of the day, I think Jamar Chase and those that, that offensive attack has to put up enough because I think the Titans are going to score. Yeah, I just score. think the Bengals are going to – I think it's going to be a scoring game. All right, let's to the next one real quick here. We got 49ers going on the road to Lambeau Field. Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur are basically like the Terminator when it comes to playing at home in Lambeau Field. They've only lost like once or twice, I believe, when they're together as a head coach quarterback. Who are we picking in this one? Oh, man, Packers all the way. The 49ers, they, well, they did well. They did do a good job against the Cowboys, even though they pretty much shot themselves in the foot. Bunch of dumbasses. But anyway, yeah, it, Packers, it's hard to go up there to Lambeau and beat Aaron Rodgers. And at the end of the day, hell, it's Aaron frickin' Rodgers. And the 49ers, albeit a good team, they don't they don't equal out to the Packers. So, Packers, definitely. Go Pack Go. I definitely do see the Packers as well. And this is the Niners coming off three straight road games, uh, and they're going into Lambeau. And the Packers coming off a bye week and getting guys who are injured finally back. I mean, this is going to be a much stronger team than what was in the regular season. No doubt to me that I see the Packers winning and advancing and making a heck of a storyline. I think I'm taking the Packers as well. The one thing I will say about the 49ers, they have a great rushing attack going up on the road. Debo Samuel's playing out of his mind. George Kittle's still there as a great blocker and receiver. Jimmy Garoppolo, I think, is the key in this one. Can he make enough plays to pull off the upset on the road? I think the 49ers will keep the game close. I think they got a good defense. I think they're uh, very well coached. Too. Kyle Shanahan, I think, is a good coach um, for them uh, as their head coach, of course. And their, Hey, shout out to Miko Ryans, defensive coordinator for the yeah. 49ers. He's, he's got those guys rolling on all cylinders right now. So Packers, uh, I think they'll win by a touchdown or more. Let's I think go they're next. winning by 10, by the way. 27-17, that's my prediction. Yeah, okay. feel, yeah that's a that's a, definitely a reasonable score. Rams coming off a big win against the Cardinals. wasn't really close. Uh, going on the road, again, flying across the country to Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay's two-and-a-half-point favorites. Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. Because usually, traditionally, when teams have a high, have a real high high, 
they their next game, like they're just not there. Like if you remember the Vikings in that 2017 year, Stephon Diggs catches that game-winning touchdown pass. They face the Eagles and they get their asses blown out. So pause. So <laughs> that came out wrong. Anyway, yeah, I got the Bucks. Well, well, I have the Rams, actually, because I think this Rams team is one of the only teams left that can beat the Buccaneers, their defense mainly. And, I mean, I don't really have something to say as ridiculous as T just said. But um, (laughs) Tom Brady, obviously the GOAT, but I think this, this Rams defense has his number. And with Matthew Stafford on the other side of the ball, I mean, that makes for a less consistent play because you have obviously both these teams crushed their last opponent. However, Matthew Stafford likes to put the ball in just tough spots, causing turnovers. So that might be a problem in this game. But I think it's going to be a high-scoring, close game, maybe by four or three. I think maybe 32-28 Rams. But I think that that Rams defense is going to be the biggest part because you look at the Bucs and how they played against the Eagles. They didn't play the best, albeit they had a few guys that were out. But that's the seventh seed in the Eagles, and it it did look like a seven-versus-two seed. Buccaneers, I think, with not having uh, Antonio Brown, Godwin, and uh, and other guys out, I think that's going to be combined with that defense and giving Tom Brady a hell of a time, and and the Rams are going to come out on top. And we'll see if Leonard Fournette plays as well. I mean, I'm gonna I'll go with the Buccaneers in this game. Listen, my preseason prediction for the Super Bowl was Bills Buccaneers, so I kind of stick with it. I think Buffalo, or I think Buffalo with Kansas City, the next one we're gonna get into as well. But Tampa Bay, the Rams are the Rams are a weird team as well. Honestly, their offense come out and put up 30, and then the next game Stafford could have two or three interceptions. I look back to that Baltimore game on the road a couple weeks ago. It took them the whole first half. They they weren't doing anything with with the offensive side of the football. Uh, I will say this, the Rams might not run it as much as the Eagles do, but I think that defensive line for Tampa Bay is going to be too much to overcome for the offensive line of the Rams. I think they're going to get to Stafford, and I think uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers come away with two-plus turnovers in this game. I think it's one of those games for Matt Stafford. Now, Matt Stafford, not to harp on this too much, I know we got to transition, but he's one of those quarterbacks where it's like he's good, and then it's like can he win the playoff game? And he got the monkey off his back last week. We'll see if he can keep the ball rolling. I will say I wouldn't be surprised if the Rams win, but – Last one, wrap it up real quick. Chiefs Bills Sunday night football, six thirty. Chiefs are one and a half points or one and a half point favorite. Gotta go, gotta go, Chiefs. Gotta go, Chiefs. I, I love the Bills. I, I really do love the way they're built. Josh Allen slinging that ball all around. I love their defense, their offense. I like I, I just really love how the Bills are built. Unfortunately, though, this is still the Kansas City Chiefs. All right. There's Patrick Mahomes on the other side. There's Tyreek Hill. All right. It's Travis Kelsey. It's just way too many weapons on that other side. And the defense is at per right on time. They're getting themselves together. They're starting to play well again. So, yeah, Chiefs, unfortunately. I think uh, I'm going to go with the Bills, actually, ah. because they did beat the Chiefs 38-20 earlier in the season. I want that, winners. That was earlier in the season. These are different teams now. But this Bills team kind of – structured their defense specifically to beat Patrick Mahomes. And you look on the other side, that defense for the Chiefs, they have a good defense, but it's not the best defense. And I think that's where Josh Allen is going to 
try his legs out and I think he's going to be able to to move around a lot more and um and prove his his run game in a way too but we know Josh Allen huge arm and both these teams are going to be airing the ball out it's going to be a high scoring game in my opinion because the defenses aren't the best uh, on on either side I mean they're just because the offense is is higher powered, I think that's why it's going to be in the 30s. Yeah. Not saying that neither defense is just awful, but both teams again, and it feels like this is the story for the the teams that are left in the playoffs. But both teams demolished their opponent in the last game, and I think that Josh Allen is finally going to get that over the Chiefs, and they're going to advance, and it's going to set for an exciting playoffs. Josh Allen, along with Lamar Jackson, my two favorite quarterbacks in the league. I just love watching him play. Josh Allen, the thing I love, love about him is whether he's out there throwing two interceptions and or throwing 400 passing yards, Still he just continues to put up numbers and play. That He plays the same way, which I love. He's a I think, again, I'm sticking with the Bills to win this game over the Chiefs. My gut is tell, telling me to pick the Bills. My head's telling me to pick the Chiefs in this one, uh, the Chiefs being at home. But, again – the Chiefs are playing great football right now. It's probably not the best time that you want to play them, especially hot in the playoffs. But I got to stick with what I've said all season long. Buffalo going into Kansas City in Arrowhead and pulling out a victory. I think they can get the job done. I don't want to transition here too much into the Sixers because I want to give them the time that they deserve. So we'll save that one for next week. I know, Tanner, you wanted to get to it. I know you wanted to get to it. I feel like it's uh, it's unfair to give the Sixers only about nine minutes here. So we'll wrap it up on that note. Come back with it next week. But everybody enjoyed divisional round weekend. It's going to be fun. Unfortunately, the Eagles are not in it. But everybody be safe, be healthy, and just enjoy some football. Hopefully, I'll, I'll be at the Sixers game tonight, though, too. So I'll, I'll give wait you, a minute, I'll give wait you a minute, up. wait a minute. You go in the it. damn show. Now, we can't <laughs> even talk about the Sixers. Then you got the nerve to, I can't, to highlight hey, the fact that they talk about more. that 50-piece from Joel and Jackass. They deserve more time than nine, eight minutes. I agree with that, but damn, man. You, then you just going to throw in that you going to the game. You know Here, I, I got a summary. I got ass. a summary to wrap up the Sixers in less than a minute. You have Ben Simmons still not playing. He's fine with that. He's about to get married soon, so he's focused on marriage instead of playing in the NBA. Must be and nice. you have Joel Embiid hitting a 50-point uh, game Woo! and still being compared to Jokic but making that run for MVP. Will Ben Simmons not playing affect his MVP race? Tune in next week. Also, Daryl Morey as well. We'll talk about that press conference he had recently as well. Oh, God. Okay. All right. You guys missed any of this episode. You can always go to philly-experience.simplecast.com. Available on all major downloadable platforms. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, the entire Shabazz. Yeah, the Eagles team has some major changes that they got to go through. And I said what I said about Jalen Rager. I said what I said. Do we know it's hard? I'm here to tell you right now, we don't care. What the f- is that? He needs to learn how to wrap that thing up. Shut the F up for life. <laughs>